Chapter Two of Davy and the Goblin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Claudia Salto. Davy and the Goblin by Charles E. Carroll. Chapter Two the beginning of the believing voyage the first thought that came into davy's mind when he found himself out of doors was that he had started off on his journey without his hat and he was therefore exceedingly pleased to find that it had stopped snowing and that the air was quite still and delightfully balmy and soft the moon was shining brightly and as he looked back at the house he was surprised to see that the window through which they had come and which he was quite sure had always been a straight up-and-down old-fashioned window was now a round affair with flaps running to a point in the centre like the holes the harlequin jumps through in the pantomime how did that window ever get changed into a round hole he asked the goblin pointing to it in great astonishment oh said the goblin carelessly that's one of the circular circumstances that happen on a believing voyage it's nothing to what you'll see before we come back again ah he added there comes the colonel sure enough at this moment the colonel's head appeared through the flaps the clock was still in his arms and he seemed to be having a great deal of trouble in getting it through and his head kept coming into view and then disappearing again behind the flaps in so ridiculous a manner that davy shouted with laughter and the goblin smiled harder than ever suddenly the poor little man made a desperate plunge and had almost made his way out when the flaps shut to with a loud snap and caught him about the waist in his efforts to free himself he dropped his clock to the ground outside when it burst with a loud explosion and the house instantly disappeared this was so unexpected and seemed so serious a matter that davy was much distressed wondering what had become of his dear old grandmother and mrs frump the cook and mary farina the housemaid and solomon the cat however before he had time to make any inquiries of the goblin his grandmother came dropping down through the air in her rocking-chair she was quietly knitting and her chair was gently rocking as she went by next came mrs frump with her apron quite full of kettles and pots and then mary farina sitting on a step-ladder with a coal scuttle in her lap solomon was nowhere to be seen davy looking over the side of the clock saw them disappear 
one after the other in a large tree on the lawn and the goblin informed him that they had fallen into the kitchen of a witch hazel tree and would be well taken care of indeed as the clock sailed over the tree davy saw that the trunk of it was hollow and that a bright light was shining far underground and to make the matter quite sure a smell of cooking was coming up through the hole on one of the topmost boughs of the tree was a nest with two sparrows in it and he was much astonished at discovering that they were lying side by side fast asleep with one of his mittens spread over them for a coverlet i am sorry to say that davy knew perfectly well where the other mitten was and was ashamed to say anything about it i suppose my shoes are somewhere about he said sadly perhaps the squirrels are filling them with nuts you are quite right replied the goblin cheerfully and there's a rabbit over by the hedge putting dried leaves into your hat i rather fancy he's about moving into it for the winter davy was about to complain against such liberties being taken with his property when the clock began rolling over in the air and he had just time to grasp the sides of it to keep himself from falling out don't be afraid cried the goblin she's only rolling a little and as he said this the clock steadied itself and sailed serenely away past the spire of the village church and off over the fields davy now noticed that the goblin was glowing with a bright rosy light as though a number of candles were burning in his stomach and shining out through his scarlet clothes that's the coals he had for his supper thought davy but as the goblin continued to smile complacently and seemed to be feeling quite comfortable he did not venture to ask any questions and went on with his thoughts i suppose he'll soon have smoke coming out of his nose as if he were a stove if it were a cold night i'd ask him to come and sit in my lap i think he must be as warm as a piece of toast and the little boy was laughing softly to himself over this conceit when the goblin who had been staring intently at the sky suddenly ducked his head and cried squalls and the next moment the air was filled with cats falling in a perfect shower from the sky they were of all sizes and colors big cats little cats black cats white cats gray cats yellow spotted and brindle cats and at least a dozen of them fell sprawling into the clock among them to davy's dismay was solomon with the other mitten drawn over his head and the thumb sticking straight up like a horn this gave him a very extraordinary appearance and the other cats 
evidently regarded him with the gravest distrust as they clustered together at davy's end of the clock leaving solomon standing quite alone and complaining in a muffled voice as he tucked frantically at the mitten don't scold so much said the goblin impatiently now davy would never have teased solomon if he had had the slightest idea that cats could talk and he was dreadfully mortified when solomon cried out excitedly scold i should think i had enough to scold about to-day i've had bits of worsted tied on to my tail and i've had some milk with pepper in it and i've had pill-boxes stuck on to my feet so that i fell heels over head downstairs let alone having this nightcap on all this was certainly enough to scold about but what else solomon had to complain of will never be known for at this moment an old tabby cat screamed out Argus! and all the cats sprang over the side of the clock and disappeared with solomon bringing up the rear like a little unicorn i think it sounds very ridiculous for a cat to talk in that way said davy uneasily yes but it sounds very true for all that said the goblin gravely but it was such fun you know said davy feeling that he was blushing violently oh i dare say fun for you said the goblin sarcastically jolly gong here come the barkers he added and as he said this a shower of little blue woolly balls came tumbling into the clock to davy's alarm they proved to be alive and immediately began scrambling about in all directions and yelping so ferociously that he climbed up on his cake in dismay while the goblin hastily pulling a large magnifying glass out of his hat began attentively examining these strange visitors bless me cried the goblin turning very pale there's sky terriers the dog star must have turned upside down what shall we do said davy feeling that this was a very bad state of affairs the first thing to do said the goblin is to get away from these fellows before the solar sisters come after them here jump into my hat so many wonderful things had happened already that this seemed to davy quite a natural and proper thing to do and as the goblin had already seated himself upon the brim he took his place opposite to him without hesitation as they sailed away from the clock it quietly rolled over once spilling out the sponge cakes and all the little dogs and was then wafted off 
gently rocking from side to side as it went. Davy was much surprised at finding that the hat was as large as a clothes hamper, with plenty of room for him to swing his legs about in the crown. It proved, however, to be a very unpleasant thing to travel in. It spun around like a top as it sailed through the air, until Davy began to feel uncomfortably dizzy, and the goblin himself seemed to be far from well. He had stopped smiling, and the rosy light had all faded away, as though the candles inside of him had gone out. His clothes, too, had changed from bright scarlet to a dull ashen color, and he sat stupidly upon the brim of the hat as if he were going to sleep. If he goes to sleep he will certainly fall overboard, thought Davy, and, with a view to rousing the goblin, he ventured to remark, I had no idea your hat was so big. I can make it any size I please, from a thimble to a sentry box, said the goblin. And, speaking of sentry boxes, here he stopped and looked more stupid than ever. I verily believe he's absent-minded, said Davy to himself. I'm worse than that, said the goblin, as if Davy had spoken aloud. I'm absent-bodied, and with these words he fell out of the hat and instantly disappeared. Davy peered anxiously over the edge of the brim, but the goblin was nowhere to be seen, and the little boy found himself quite alone. Strange-looking birds now began to swoop up and chuckle at him, and others flew around him as the head spun along through the air, gravely staring him in the face for a while, and then sailed away, sadly bleating like sheep. Then a great creature, with rumpled feathers, perched upon the brim of the hat where the goblin had been sitting, and, after solemnly gazing at him for a few moments, softly murmured, I'm a cockalorum, and flew heavily away. All this was very sad and distressing, and Davy was mournfully wondering what would happen to him next, when it suddenly struck him that his legs were feeling very cold, and looking down at them, he discovered, to his great alarm, that the crown of the goblin's head had entirely disappeared, leaving nothing but the brim upon which he was sitting. He hurriedly examined this, and found the hat was really nothing but an enormous skein of wool which was rapidly unwinding as it spun along. 
Indeed, the brim was disappearing at such a rate that he had hardly made this alarming discovery before the end of the skein was whisked away and he found himself falling through the air. He was on the point of screaming out in his terror when he discovered that he was falling very slowly and gently swaying from side to side, like a toy balloon. The next moment he struck something hard which gave way with a sound like breaking glass and let him through, and he had just time to notice that the air had suddenly become deliciously scented with vanilla when he fell crashing into the branches of a large tree. End of chapter 2 The Beginning of the Believing Voyage